At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. You have one unheard message. Hi, I was calling Current, the influencer marketing platform, but I think I just got redirected to a bunch of people listening to a podcast. Well, anyways, I was calling Current because I was told they could help get my brand set up on TikTok Shop and even build out an affiliate program of content creators promoting my brand and even have those content creators go on live streams and promote my product there. Wow, <laughs> I could really use Current. <laughs> I also heard that the brands they work with are making millions in sales. I guess I'll just go to their website at current.tech. If you've never played a game that's so much fun it's impossible to put down, then you've never played Best Fiends. Best Fiends is the best Match 3 style mobile puzzle game out there. It's basically an action-packed adventure and a brain-boosting puzzle game all rolled into one. Most of the Match 3 games on the market are just the same old format with different colors. And maybe cookies instead of candies. But Best Fiends is different. You play through an actual storyline complete with adorable collectible characters called fiends. As you get further along in the game, you'll watch your fiends grow from wee baby versions of themselves into full-grown characters. The more you play, the more powerful and helpful your fiends become. So if you're tired of crushing the same old candy, give Best Fiends a try. Download Best Fiends free today on the App Store or Google Play. Welcome to SEO 101, your introductory course on search engine optimization. So, turn on your computers, open your minds, grab your mouse, and get ready to get back to the basics. SEO 101, SEO 101 on Radio.fm is now in session. Hello and welcome to SEO 101 on, sorry, getting a real echo here, sorry. Hello and welcome to S101 on webmasterradio.fm. This is Ross Dunn, CEO of Stepforth Web Marketing, and my co-host is John Carcutt, the Director of SEO and Social Media for Advanced Digital. Hey, Johnny. Hey, man. Thanks for calling out of that hole. <laughs> you were, it's like, it sounded like you were like buried in a cave somewhere. Oh, Which good. It wasn't just me. At least. Oh, God, it was horrible. Yeah. Anyway, thank you, Brasco, for clearing that up. <clears throat> Whatever it was. Yep. <laughs> so how has you been... Uh, you were at SMX, right? No, no, I didn't go. It was, it was PubCon last week, and I didn't get to go. Oh, you didn't? No, it was way too busy. Yeah. Too much traveling for work and not enough traveling for pleasure, I guess. That would have been a, that yeah. would have been a pleasure trip. Oh, he could have gotten speaking there yeah. pretty easily. Um, I don't think they like me anymore. I had to cancel once a couple of years ago. I was speaking at like oh. a last minute. So i got to oh. talk to Joe. Joe, Joe LaRocco, who helps run Pub, is a really great guy. I used to work with him down in Florida. Um, so I need to call him and get things set straight with him. If, if they're even askew, I don't know. I haven't talked to him in a long time. 
Yeah, cool. Yeah, I, someday I'm going to get out there again. I'm I'm, stu- I'm too busy. I've, since I, I decided to um, <clears throat> just sort of tighten, bear down in the company, I, I've I've got less staff, which but not less work. So <laughs> it's a little stupid. So, so more for us to do. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so evenings, weekends. Oh, Lord. Oh, well. It's getting everything in order. So it's important. Once in a while, entrepreneur, I find, has to, <clears throat> I'm learning anyway, has to go back down to the grassroots and clean up all the basic stuff and get back and do it again. So Nice. So I'm glad we talked about PubCon because I think I think one of the interesting things we should be talking about today on the show is is Matt Cutts. He did his he did he does a keynote speech at PubCon, one of the ones throughout the year, and this was his one he did in Vegas. Just he brought some interesting things we should uh, discuss. Yeah, let's start it off. Go for it. Um, got a number of things here I wanted to, to, to mention, but the interesting one to me is like the third one down. Everybody's always about page rank and the toolbar page rank. And we've been, you and I both have been saying for years, ignore that, forget it. You know, there's, a, there's a separate page rank that Google use has nothing to do with your toolbar page rank. You know, don't pay much attention to it. And they're totally, totally uh, agreeing with us now because apparently the what they call the pipeline, the thing that actually exports the data to the toolbars, the, the, you know, is broken at Google. And they don't plan on fixing it. So it's obvious <laughs> that Google doesn't care about it either. <laughs> so if you're look, if you're one of those kind of people that look at your yeah if you're one of those kind of people that look at your toolbar page rank all the time to see how you're doing, uh better quit quit doing that because it's looking and they're not planning on fixing it, at least not this year. Mm, and I thought that was pretty interesting. I I was I, it was one of those years like ninety it was no not ninety, two thousand six, two thousand seven, back when they still had the Google dance. Remember those days when you had to go to, oh, to yeah. Mountain View and you go to go to Google, and I was they had this big stage set up where everybody was, it was right when Rock Band came out for the video games, the Rock Band. They had this <laughs> giant stage set up and people would go up and play music on Rock Band in front of this big crowd on a real stage, right? So it was really fun to do that. But I was standing up on this little hill watching people play Rock Band next to this guy, long scruffy beard, and we just started talking. And it turns out he was the guy in charge of the toolbar for Google. The, the toolbar, and I said, please, please, I just beg you for everybody, please get rid of that page rank thing so bad. And he was even like, I want to, believe me, I want to get rid of this thing. So even back then, they knew it was an issue, and now they're just <laughs> saying, we're not going to fix it, which is great. <laughs> yeah, well, I don't think it served them very well. I mean, it just made life a bit more difficult for them because people got wrong idea. I mean, and then that just means more oh, yeah. complaints. People just started focusing on that one number instead of the, <clears throat> the real value they could bring to their, to their websites. It was not good. Yeah. But, but that was funny. He talked about a lot of other stuff, too. Um, if you're a black hat and you're into black hat hacking, um, they're going to be focusing on you much much more than they have in the past when the core thing they're focusing on uh, coming up, which is really good. Now, what in this case, you mean... Is he, it sort of actually seems a bit confusing here. It says Black Hat will be a core topic of Google's web spam team. Well, Black Hat hacking, you mean actual hackers or Black Hat SEOs? Um, hardcore hacking tactics. So I'm thinking hackers, people that are putting malware on sites. Is that what you're thinking? Yeah. He wasn't real clear. You're right. He wasn't real clear. But I wouldn't be surprised if it was the, the, well, the malware. I guess we should be clear. I mean, he is already on the on the tails of all black hats anyway. So I guess it doesn't matter. It's they're going after both now. <laughs> yeah, exactly. 
<clears throat> I like the fact that child pornography will be blocked significantly in all countries, not just the U.S. Uh, I'm sort of surprised that took so long to, to deliver. Yeah, yeah. But I was kind of surprised that it wasn't already, actually. I didn't know there was a significant difference between other countries in the U.S. I thought it was something they did differently. So that was kind of strange, but I'm glad they're doing it now. Absolutely. Yeah, if that's censorship, then I have no problem with censorship in that, in that case. Yeah, oh, no doubt. And then this, this, this next one was the big duh moment to me. He's like, <laughs> mobile is going to be a key area in 2014, so pay attention to it. And I'm like, yeah, if you haven't been paying attention to it already, you're already behind the boat. So, yeah. but it is interesting. So it's, it's interesting though when they say it's going to be a key area in 2014. Again, questions as as normal with Google and Matt in particular. It's it's a little ambiguous. It's like okay, mobile is going to be a key area. Is it mobile search? Is it mobile friendly <laughs> websites? Mobile what? You know, or is there automated car coming out? <laughs> yeah, exactly. But I was, but but I'd say you know make sure you're focusing on mobile search. Absolutely. Um, you know, he says mobile, but I I got to tell people mobile search is huge. Mobile traffic in general is huge, and if you're not paying attention to it, it it's like. You know, if you still had a black and white TV and you tried to find a repairman for it, that's what's going to be like the end of next year. If you're not on mobile, you're trying to figure out how to get traffic. Is you're going to need to do mobile. Um, I know some of our sites. I may have said this before, but some of our sites, they're news sites, so they're a little bit of different traffic patterns. But we have sites in the 50, 60 percent mobile traffic range already today. So it's it's a huge, huge, huge portion of what's happening on the internet as as, as a whole. You got to focused yeah. on it. Well, and you can't. I mean, obviously, we need to qualify that. You're, you've got news sites, so that makes a lot of sense. Mm -hmm. But it's still going to be very high for even small businesses as people start to do shopping on their tablet, you know, or, or comparison shopping, uh, just for, frankly, just checking out what's available. Um, it's going to be very busy. And if your site looks like pure garbage on a, a tablet, even, I mean, tablets are pretty hard to, to look bad on, but if you do, you're in real trouble. Um, I think it's, I think it was it was a presentation someone gave recently, and I'll try to find the, the, the right data here. But I recall he says like one in four mobile searchers purchase online on their mobile device. So it's not just for news; people are buying things on their mobile devices. People are oh, yeah, researching, locating. It's just amazing. The yeah. smartphone and tablets have just changed people's behaviors online dramatically across every every vertical. Well, and if you just think of it logically, you think of all the people who are still a little bit afraid of spending online. They're the older generation. They're getting older. They're going to be less, frankly, less important in terms of the immediate market uh, for trendy devices, that kind of thing. The people who are going to come up and start being more active as buyers are the younger generations, and they're going to be crazy buying on their iPads. They have no problem. They're not worried about security all the time, perhaps probably too little, but... <laughs> Um, yeah. it, there's a lot to it. And, and one thing I want to say is I look at, um, because I, I, my company focuses on small, medium business, we look at so many sites that absolutely look like crap in, 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 in terms of mobile. And, and I, you know, we, we always say, you know, you need an update, responsive design. That's the phrase. Go for it. Talk to your designer. What can you do to make your site more responsive to the, the various um, screens that are going to be looking at it, you know, be it uh, mobile on your your cell phone, on on tablets. Uh, I mean, it's 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 getting it's getting crazy actually. How many different types of screens there are and resolutions? But 
the beauty is with these res, re, these responses of web designs, they can actually uh, change the look of your site to match whatever uh, screen is shown, and that's yeah. fabulous. And it do, and you can just do it once; it does a great job, and you don't have to do a lot more. Again, you just have to keep the content up at that point. Yeah, and I've talked to people recently, recently, who say, "Yeah, my site's mobile friendly," and you go to it on a phone, and it's just a little teeny version of their their website, and you have to you have to pinch and and scroll and open up things and do all this stuff just to read the text on it. That's not mobile optimized, you know. Just no. because your site doesn't fall apart and it makes it really really small to fit on your on a person's iPhone, that's not a mobile optimized site because people can't use it very well. You have to really make sure it's functional and people can get in there and use it, get things done on your site when it's mobile, when it's really small on a phone as opposed to a tablet or a desktop. Yeah, I dread it like to the bone, but I'm going to have to go back and look at Stepforce site because although it's very, uh, I get a lot of compliments and people, you know, it's, it's converting business, which makes me just want to leave it. <laughs> it isn't great for different monitor sizes. Um, but it's our, uh, obviously, it's really hard to touch anything like that if it's converting. And I, I feel that for anyone that's out there, you know, like, no, I don't want to touch anything. It's finally working. I know. And, and I feel <laughs> for you. But, you know, at some point, we have to change. We have to keep on top of things or we're going to fall behind. Yeah. Two reasons you need to fix your site, Ross. One, you're missing out the mobile traffic, so you could be converting even better. And two, you got you, you, it's one of those things where people can do diligence on you. They're going to look at your site and see if you're practicing what you preach. You know it. Yep. Uh, uh, hate that, but it's true. <laughs> it's, it's true, especially when we're busy. I mean, if there's anything that's worse is when SEO is busy, God, do not look at their web. <laughs> we're so bad. We're focused so much on other people's sites. We don't work on our own. And it's, it's bad, but it's unfortunately true in our case anyway. Uh, yeah, but I think I have to say that so far, that was the duh moment of the year when Matt said mobile's going to be key in 2014. <laughs> well, you know what? People need to hear that. It's sad, but true. They need it. Yeah. That's why we're working it, I guess. That makes sense. <laughs> well, let's uh, take a quick break. And we got back. We got uh, lots more news to share. SEO 101 will be back right after recess. And a bit. There are many things we would love to catch. Catching the final out of a baseball game. And that's the ball game. Reeling that big catch of the day. Or catching a ride home. Taxi! How about catching more attention, like the biggest retail brands on earth? Introducing Catchy.com, where they sell short brand and attractive.com domain names. Use a short and catchy brand, just like Sony, Visa, and Nike for your next business venture. You can even rent to own for as low as $100 a month. Catch a big break for your business with Catchy.com. Oh, yeah. My day is done. Time for happy hour. You're already done for the day? Yeah, because I use certifiedknowledge.org. Their PPC tools literally save me hours every day. How do you keep on top of all of Google's new features? Easy. With Certified Knowledge, their interactive learning modules keep me up to date. And if there's something I don't know, I can watch their video lessons without having to hunt around the Google help files. Great. I'm ready to expand my knowledge. Hi, I'm Brett Geddes. I'm the only leader officially supported by Google to teach the advanced track of the AdWords Seminars for Success. I personally recommend CertifiedKnowledge.org as your one-stop shop for all your PPC needs. Learn. Optimize. Connect. Be smart. Go to CertifiedKnowledge.org now. Ever wondered how you could have access to your own SEO expert, paid search specialist, or social media wizard? Looking for help with your affiliate, display media, or email marketing? 
Look no further than the folks at Fang Digital Marketing. Fang Digital specializes in both paid and organic search, social media, display, and mobile advertising solutions, and is staffed by industry veterans from Google, Yahoo, and one of the industry's most influential PPC experts. Fang Digital's award-winning staff stays on top of the latest digital trends and offer tailored solutions so they can audit your progress and build a roadmap to your success. Learn more about their expanding range of full-service strategic marketing solutions at fangdigital.com. That's F-A-N-G digital.com. Life Tips. Making your life smarter, better, faster, wiser. On demand anytime inside the entertainment channel, only on webmasterradio.fm. Okay, class, take your seats and no talking. Recess is over and SEO 101 is back in session. Only on webmasterradio.fm. Welcome back to SEO 101 on webmasterradio.fm. Hosted by John Carcutt, the Director of SEO and Social Media for Advanced Digital, and myself, Ross Dunn, CEO of Stepforth Web Marketing, Inc. Now, John, you, you have got something noted here about autocomplete. Um, yeah, and I'm not sure how this is going to happen, but Matt mentioned that people should be looking to add request autocomplete to their forms on their websites, on their pages of their websites. So if you have a form on your page, and what this does is it actually goes to the browser and asks it for that autocomplete information that a lot of browsers do now. So it'll put in your name and your address and your email automatically. Um, I'm still not sure why that's important to Google, unless it makes it so they can actually fill in information and crawl results of form submissions. Um, and I know they've been doing a little bit of that already, trying to, to crawl form submissions, especially when people use forms for navigation, you know, especially with drop-down items and, and forms type of coding in the background for navigation. I'm not sure why they want to complete, but that would be my only guess. Any thoughts on your end? Well, it seems to me that it'd be no. Depending on what it actually means, it seems to me like it would be a good thing for them because it's telling them you're giving them permission to track what was entered in the forms to use autocomplete in terms of maybe answers. That'd be that'd be more evil and particularly they, in the See, but but I'm thinking from a crawling perspective. Um, if they're crawling a page and they see a form, they're going to have to autocomplete it with their data. It wouldn't be like my data. They couldn't get my data unless you're, unless you're talking about through analytics. I, I just, it's, that one confuses me. I just wanted to get your opinion on it. I don't, I'm not sure what they're doing with that. Well, um, it seems to me that it would just be the autocomplete would show up when you're starting to type, so they, they have an approximate idea of what people are entering into them. Um, yeah. But if it's like, why would they care if it's a form that asks for my name and email address? You know, could you want to get, you're downloading an ebook or something. Maybe they want to download the ebook to ver- verify that it's good or something, but you have to put in name and address, email address first. They would, I'm assuming Google and Google at Google.com or something because they couldn't use mine. And I guess they're trying to get to that next page after that, uh, that submission to see what they're, what's on that page, I guess. Hmm. See, I don't think that's what it is. It's just my instinct says it's something else. But, I mean, you think about the data. I mean, they're all about data. And that's what they make their money on, really, right? And and what gives them more insight. And they're obviously three years ahead of us in terms of planning what the hell they're going to do to our lives. So, (laughs) figure, you never know what they're going to get out of us that might be interesting. So, I'll I'll post our friend speaking of being ahead of us. I posted a thing on my Facebook today. Google, they had this patent from like 2008, 2009, and it looks like they're actually acting on it, where they're mm-hmm. going to have 
of floating data centers floating out in international waters and using the, the ocean to cool the computers and the millions and millions of dollars at the same time put the data in international waters so the NSA can't get to it. It's thinking about being out ahead. They thought of that stuff and they patented it in 2008, 2009 timeframe. Crazy. Yeah, I saw that yesterday when it was when it was released, and I thought, you know, uh, in line of thinking you were saying is, well, okay, they're in international waters. That means they need, this is really creepy. If they're international waters, yeah. they need their own army to protect it. Yeah, it was funny though. I put on my Facebook page, and one, <laughs> one of my friends posted, just because it's in, in international waters doesn't mean that as they can't get to it. I'm like, you know, you're right. <laughs> yeah, well, of course. But I mean, the other thing is, again. Who's going to protect it if it's international waters? Obviously, their own guys. Uh, yeah, think about pirates. Oh, man, could you imagine, like, Microsoft building this fleet of pirate ships to go after Google's data center? <laughs> <laughs> Microsoft that and pirates awesome. makes me laugh. <laughs> yeah. What was what was that? The Pirates of Silicon Valley that that movie from years ago? Yeah. It could come, yeah. come true. <laughs> <laughs> oh God, that would be a funny. I wish I I wish I was a cartoonist. That would be the best to draw. If anyone oh, out there is awesome. a cartoonist, please draw this. Uh, just yeah, yeah, put it up, put it on our Google Plus page so we can link Google and Microsoft. <laughs> Floating Google platform with Microsoft pirate ships attacking. Oh, that'd be beautiful. Beautiful. Pirates of Silicon Valley. That's awesome. <laughs> Pirates of Silicon Ocean. I don't know. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <Something>. <laughs> um, so the top ad heavy... Okay, here, you wrote this. I'm not sure. I Go for it. So, so uh, last year sometime, uh, Google put out a new algorithm shift. It was kind of it was right around the Panda time frame. It might even be tied into Panda. It was like right after the first Panda. Um, or right before, right in that time frame, they put out an algorithm change that made it so that if your your pages were top-loaded with ads, so there were a lot of ads on the top of your pages, basically above the fold or above the bottom screen so you didn't have to scroll, that they actually made that a negative factor for the algorithms. There are too many ads. Apparently, it's getting refreshed, quote-unquote, in a big way. Um, so that look for ad heavy pages on your sites or other people's sites to start getting even more negative impact from the engine sometime next year. That's going to be another big change. If you, if you rely on advertising, you have a lot of advertising on the top of your pages. It, it might hurt you more than it did last time. According to well, the only reason I can think of them doing this because they, frankly, they make the money off this most of the time um, is that it's, it's obvious based on um, bounce backs that the stuff is, is, deteriorating the quality of the, the visit. Um, yeah. That's the only reason it makes sense to me that they do it. I think it ties a lot into um, what they're trying to do with just overall quality of search. I mean, it, it kind of hurts in some cases. Sites, I guess, you know, a lot of sites that make their money off of advertising on the sites, you know, they can charge more for ad positions that are going to be seen more frequently, which means above the fold, um, and so it, it's actually going to have an impact. You know, if it does negatively impact people have to reduce ad space above the fold. It's going to have a, a financial impact on a lot of a lot of small um, publishers who, who rely on that money and those prices they can send for those high view ad spots, which are usually above the fold. Yeah, you know, they're going to have to be very careful about this Google because not only is it oftentimes their own um, you know AdSense or whatever it may be, but they they can't alienate. 
<laughs> they can't. Google can't. I mean, but they they shouldn't alienate uh, news you know news providers and stuff. People actually frequent, and and it isn't deteriorating the search quality. So they're going to have to have quite a plan here. Yeah, and I'm and just just to reiterate, whatever that word is. <laughs> um, I'm not so I'm not so worried about like we rely on advertising for our sites, news sites, and I'm not so worried about news sites with ads above the fold because I don't and I could be completely wrong. This is just speculation on my part, but I don't think they're going to apply that as heavily in the news items because every site in there is a media site you know that that has news and relies on advertising. So if they did that. I'm not sure how it would, they would get any quality news in their news, you know, little news. They they couldn't because every state in there relies on that advertising. So I, I got a feeling that the news algorithm is not going to be as highly impacted as the standard organic algorithm when it comes to this advertising, top-heavy advertising algo. Yeah, good point. Good point. Keep forgetting about the uh, – I don't do enough in the news area because my small business guys don't necessarily delve in there, but you know, it makes a lot of sense. Interesting. Um now this part, this authorship part, I, I actually read about it was it was about um, rich snippets. Uh, when I read it, I didn't see precisely them saying authorship. Are you just did did the article focus well, on authorship? Well, well, the authorship okay. Okay, rich question. snippets. So the authorship rich snippets are the the photographs of the authors, the little line underneath that says this author's in you know two thousand circles on Google Plus. Those kind of things are more articles by this guy. Those are rich snippets tied to authorship. And what they're doing is, is it looks like they're going to reduce those the, the, the display of those snippets by about 15% in search results, because because you know I'm already seeing it and I've I've seen it from people that are you know just writing articles about it. People are starting already to to overuse and incorrectly use the authorship connection and authorship snippets. They're trying to get authorship photographs in search results on everything. And it's that's not right. There's no reason that authorship snippets should show up for a product description in your e-commerce site. That's not mm-hmm. what it's designed for. It's designed for a fully thought out written article with opinions or instructions on a topic. Right, and that's what it's designed for. So basically, what I'm reading when they say they're going to reduce the the rich snippets for authorship by 15%, basically they're saying we're going to get much pickier about when we show this, and how often we show this. And I personally think that's a great thing because people are already starting to, not intentionally, but through through misunderstanding of of the function of authorship, they're they're misusing it, and I hate to use the word, but kind of abusing it. And there's always a problem when it comes to something you know that Google puts out. And if people think, oh, this is great. We're going to use this. It gets abused, and then all of a sudden it changes, and it makes it not as good a good a feature or product that it could have been as it could have been. Yeah, well, I, I mean, I was reading thing. it here, and I think the reason it confuses me is, and I'm perhaps Barry just didn't write it clear enough, but it says here, um, uh, you should expect a 15% reduction in the amount of rich snippets and authorship displayed in their Google search results, because rich snippets, of course, is a wide range of things, but. Uh, uh, it does then go on to talk more about authorship. So I don't know. Um, I'd like to see the original post here, but it says just pub on. So yeah, no, there's there's no there's this was stuff at. that people live blog from his keynote. So I don't think there's yeah. going to be a transcript unless somebody videotaped it and and, yeah. and you know publishes the transcript from the video. Um, but I, I like to be literal in this because you know they are. 
<laughs> I like to be literal about what they say uh, over at uh, Google, and, and when it's when it's live blog, you just don't know whether or not exact words were used. And uh, that's yeah, that's true. But uh, this but makes sense. Most, though, most of the conversation around it has been around others, though, not the other types of snippets. I think if they said it was a fifteen percent reduction in all snippets, there would have been a lot of lot more brouhaha happening about it. Then again, they could have said that, and, and everyone just latched onto authorship. You never know. That's true, too. So uh, one other thing that was uh, uh, huge here uh, is is all about um, Google rankings. Uh, I've been dealing a lot with um, sites who have been penalized, um, literally manual penalties, um, also dealing with uh, sites that are algorithmically. You should be saving for the future, but savings accounts suck. And investing can be scary. We combine the ease of savings with the real returns of investing. We call it Save Vesting, and it's only available in our new app, Stairs. Stairs offers 4 to 6% returns, no fees, and you can withdraw anytime. Do your future a favor. Visit StairsApp.com today. Sure, you may be able to hear just how crispy the McDonald's crispy, juicy, tender chicken sandwich is. But that's just the beginning. The full crispy, juicy, tender experience comes after you take your first bite. But why stop there? Order ahead on the app and get medium fries and soft drink for free. Now that's a deal that tastes even better than it sounds. Valid 830 to 919, 10, 11 to 1031, and 1122 to 1221. Valid one time per week. McDonald's app download and registration required. Devalued. Now, the difference, again, to anyone who's listening, manual penalty is when you receive a notice from Google within your Google Webmaster Tools account stating that you have, uh, uh, you've, uh, what's the word here? You've, uh, you've broken Google Webmaster guidelines, lack of a better word. Um, and as a result, your site has been manually penalized. And it will, you, you need to fix this, 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 if you want to ever get back in. Um, and people do it. They, they, they work their butt off and they make sure that uh, they get things cleaned up. And let's say they get approved. Google says, all right, we've moved, removed the manual penalty. Well, based on what Barry Schwartz at Search Engine Roundtable has uh, studied, 53% said after their site was, the, the manual penalty was removed, their rankings never improved. Even after a year, 12% said they saw a ranking improvement within days, 14% said within a month, 8% said within three months, 7% within six months, and 7% within a year. But 53% said never. I mean, to say that again, never. That is so disheartening for so many people that frankly could have, no, I'm not saying most of them did, but there's definitely some innocents out there that were just daftly crafted by some bad SEO. And here they are in this horrible position where they never know if they're ever going to get back in. So they keep throwing money at it. It's, it's sad. So, so we'll see, this, this needs to be taken with a grain of salt because, you know, 53% said their rankings never improved. Okay. I can understand that, but what if the rankings were caused by the black hat technique and then they got penalized because of the black hat technique was caught and they removed that and they, 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 they say that the, the technique was to add something they did to add a bunch of authority to their site from a black hat method. 
They got caught. They got penalized. They fixed it. They got away the blood. They turned away the blood. Got stuck. Got rid of it. And then they the penalty was removed. But since they lost all that authority they were gaining, quote unquote, illegally, of course they're not going to. They don't have the authority anymore because they got rid of it because they're not doing it the correct way. So Very I don't true. think that that's such a big deal because there's, you know without looking into the individual the individuals who are doing this and what they actually did to their site, what they actually had removed and what they have now. There's no way to tell whether this is a bad thing or not. That could be actually a really good thing that these 53% ranking has never improved because maybe they don't deserve it. I don't yeah. know. Well, and, and I don't mean to cause any panics or anything like that. I, I should have qualified it. You're right. It's it's always, there's always more to the story. Always. And in, in these cases, these sites sometimes never deserve it and frankly should never have been put online in the first place. Uh, now, the ones I've been dealing with uh, are actually very good sites that got either greedy or made a mistake. And, and, yeah, and in the and, case, in the same poll that you're quoting from Barry, 12% saw they said their ranking improved within days. 14% yeah. said within the month it improved. So some of these obviously deserved the, the rankings they had. Uh, and maybe they, they had some kind of black hat issue that they weren't aware of that they got penalized for. And they got rid of it real quick. So they're like, oh, my God, I can't believe we did this or had this done or we did it years and years ago and forgot about it. One of those kind of situations versus the 53% that have been, were trying to game the system. Um, got caught and never got their rankings back because they never deserved them in the first place. Yeah. And, and I'm sure there's some SEOs out there that have a, a lead on, like if I were Barry, I would say, hey, um, if you got back in, out of curiosity, could you send us the uh, the request you sent in and just start to collect all those and see what kind of response, uh, how the people worded it, how the people, uh, well, how much detail they put in the request to get man the manual penalty removed. I, I think it'd be really interesting to see. Now, I'm not saying that there's a magic statement, but the more info, the better, right? Mm -hmm. Absolutely. I mean, these kind of mm -hmm. polls are very unscientific. <laughs> um, <which laughs> yeah. it, it, it's, there's a lot, a lot of you can infer from them, but a lot that you uh, shouldn't infer from them as well. Yes, thank you for saying that. And 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 unfortunately, a non-scientific is all most of our industry has time for, but. Uh, it's uh, it's something at least, right? It's a little bit of feedback, and I know in this murky world of manual manual penalties, anything is is welcome. Uh, I certainly know that from my standpoint. And actually, I had an interesting question. I haven't seen really this answered. If you have uh, algorithmically valued, and let's say you fix everything and it's pristine, Google goes through, indexes it. Is it going to immediately improve your rankings, or is there a bit of a sandbox? I'm curious. From a from a penalty standpoint or a penalty removal? No, this is algorithmic devaluing. So it's not it's higher, 100% algorithmic. Uh, like Penguin. I would say it, I'd say it really depends on what the algorithmic um, issue was. Some of them I've seen come back almost immediately, literally within 24 hours, and others have taken a little bit of time to rebuild. I guess it really just, I, I'm going to I'm going to say it depends on what your issue was. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, let's just think on that, and we'll get back. We'll we'll finish that off in a couple other notes on uh, audits, uh, some stuff I've run into lately. SEO 101 will be back right after recess. 
Guys, are you suffering from FD, fulfillment dysfunction? Let MoldingBox.com's online portal system for inventory, tracking, and returns perform for you. We have the enormous tools you need for complete warehousing, shipping, and handling of all your packages, no matter the size or shape, directly to your customers. MoldingBox.com can also fulfill all your nourishing, nutraceutical, and smooth skincare product desires, including green coffee and Garcinia on demand. Plus, let our in-house printing and CD DVD manufacturing help you enlarge and maximize your coaching and business opportunity potential. We do everything. Fulfillment, shipping, tracking, inside and out, and all in one place. Moldingbox.com. It's shipping made sexy. Come visit us at AdTech New York, booth number 738. If you're constantly struggling to find more customers, revenue, or hours in the day, Infusionsoft can help you have the business you've always wanted. For over 10 years, Infusionsoft has been helping business owners just like you find the financial freedom and peace of mind you've been searching for. I'm Scott Martineau, co-founder of Infusionsoft. If you're struggling to find more customers, more revenue, or more hours in the day, Infusionsoft is the proven solution you're looking for. Infusionsoft, the only all-in-one sales and marketing software created specifically for small businesses. Learn more at www.infusionsoft.com slash radio. I'm John Ball, and I'm one of the founders of Page One Power. Page One Power is a custom link billing firm based in Boise, Idaho. We increase search rankings and web traffic for world-class brands and mom-and-pop shops all around the globe. Our link building strategies work because we focus on relevancy and quality, and we don't outsource anything. Our in-house staff of professional writers and researchers is the best in the industry. We're the link builders you've been looking for. Visit us today at pageonepower.com. WebmasterRadio.fm. We're everywhere. Okay, class, take your seats and no talking. Recess is over and SEO 101 is back in session. Only on WebmasterRadio.fm. Welcome back to SEO 101 on WebmasterRadio.fm, hosted by John Carcutt, the Director of SEO and Social Media for Advanced Digital, and myself, Ross Dunn, CEO of Step Web Marketing, Inc. Now, we're just discussing uh, some of the, the issues about uh, getting back into um, uh, back into the search results after an algorithmic devaluing. Now, again, uh, we talked about manual penalties. Algorithmic is just Google's gone through. They're automated. They look at the site. They say, now this no longer has any impact or no longer has as much relevance for the phrase you're targeting. And it could be because they, in many cases, it's because they've altered the algorithm. Uh, in this case, the Penguin 2.1, et cetera, et cetera. And um, I've found that uh, it's it's not very... Uh, I haven't seen any kind of trend in terms of how quickly a site will get back up after being indexed again, after changes are made. And I find it a bit frustrating. Uh, but then again, that's Google. <laughs> it's pretty much frustrating. Yeah. <laughs> Did you have any, any thoughts to add to that there, John? I think, I think one of our uh, Google Plus um, community members said it best. Somebody asked a question, and they, one of the first part of their answer was, as with all things Google, it depends. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, so right. It's it's it just depends. Everything that Google does, it depends on so many variables, so many factors. That there's no one right in most of the time. Yeah, you know, I just like to see some sort of 
even average, but uh, it's tough to get that even. And it's, yeah. I guess, kudos to them. They should be more exact like this, and that's good for them. Uh, really, it means that they're they're being a little more distinctive about who they let back in and how quickly. I just, uh, I don't know. It's nice to give your clients some reassurance of an approximate time, but you know, the thing is, there's just no way to do it. Yeah, no I mean, it, there really is. Every every website's different. Every situation's different. It's it, trying to say, you know, I, I don't even know how to to, to equivalent make an equivalence to something. It's just everything is variable, and every variable is different. Yeah, welcome to the pressure of of doing audits and penalty lifting. <laughs> it's yeah, interesting. Exactly. <laughs> uh, now, uh, on that note, um, Step Force doing a lot of audits these days. I'm, I'm, I'm really having fun doing them. It's a, it's a, we've got a lot. I think we're booking to the next, not this week, but the next week at least. Um, and it's, it's because I think there's been so many people that have been hit lately. Um, now, some of the stuff I've been seeing, I just wanted to go through some of the stuff that it's just we see it so much. Like for example, the revisit after tag. That meta tag people sometimes have in their header and. I had never heard of it being anything but a myth in terms of that it ever worked. And yet, when I was on the break, I thought, I'm going to look it up. Meta name revisit after is actually noted in metatags.info. Now, that doesn't mean anything. Metatags.info, is that any good? <laughs> it's a pretty lame domain. But yeah. I couldn't believe it was actually espoused on there. That's something you can use. I think it used to be something that could help many, many years ago, but I, I think it's been many, many years ago since I even came close to paying attention to it. Now, if I see it, I just completely ignore it. I mean, it's I never like, took I don't it seriously. It. Yeah, I it, always it's like, thought it was not, a fake thing. It, it could very easily be one. I mean, just like meta keywords was a fake thing. It was never, you know, something the engines used. It's something somebody made up one day and everybody decided, ooh, this sounds good. And none of these search engines ever used the meta keywords tag until recently when they started using it to identify people spamming them. Huh. Now that Same I didn't think. Uh, see, I've, I I remember the keywords tag being something they actually said you could use. So I don't. No, no, absolutely not. I'm, actually, Danny Sullivan has a great article on search engine land where he talks about how the keywords meta tag was never, ever used by any of the major search engines. Never. And it's, he's got all the data and all this. It's, it's amazing that that, that that keyword tag has been, there's such such myth around it that people use it and they stuff it. But no, not until just recently when the engine said, hey, when people see these, that could be an identifier that they're trying to manipulate us. So they get it to try and identify people that are trying to manipulate the things. That's what Well, absolutely. No, there's no question. It hasn't been used for years and it's yeah. crap, but it's the, the back in 97, though, I swear that I'm going to look it up. So I could, I could have sworn that I heard the nope. search engine saying you could use it for, for that, but maybe not. Maybe it is. I, maybe I got caught in the myth myself. There you go. Wow. Yeah. It's, it's one of those long standing SEO myths. Well, I tell you, revisit after. Uh, we just shake our heads and we see it. It's it's so old. If it ever did ever exist, and I really don't think it did, uh, it's just crap. I mean, revisit after. I mean, as if that's ever going to help. But anyways, <laughs> we see a lot. Uh, turnaround time. All right. If 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 we've worked on a website and we've done some audit changes, we've recommended some changes. If it includes any kind of link detox, you've got bad links. You've had to work on them. You've cleaned them. You've either had them removed manually or you've had to submit a detox um, or disavow to Google. Look, it's going to take time. It's not something that happens in a couple of days. It's going to take some time. 
now, if it's, let's put that aside. If it's just algorithmic devaluing, well, we just talked about that. If your site has just been devalued through the latest index of your site because of some changes in the algorithm, you make the changes to adapt to it, well, that's going to take time too. We don't know how long. We just, again, discussed that. Um, yeah, I think it goes back to SEO takes time. SEO is not a quick fix. It's not a silver bullet. It's not a magic you know, pill that you can take to make your site better. It takes time. And no matter whether you're fixing it or doing it from the ground up, it takes time. Yeah. Well, and, and the next interesting find, I had to look this up just to see, again, if anywhere in the world this was noted as something, even as a myth. But we found a meta name equals title tag. Have you run into that? Meta name equals title tag. Title tag. So basically, they're trying to say that the, the meta tag says the name equals whatever your title tag is, kind of like a, a placeholder. So it inserts that into that meta that meta tag, or is it telling it that the name is title tag? I've never run across that, so I guess I don't know. Yeah, there you go. I just I, we we find some fascinating stuff. I tell you, and this one was like, what? The? Anyway, we had to look it up. But there you go. Well, now you I got a link to that site you were talking about, metatags.org. I'm looking there. Meta name equals got meta name abstract author content copyright distribution expires generator Google bot language no email yeah. nothing about title tag. So so the yeah. site that you were referencing that references all the different metas doesn't mention it. And that's metatags.org, I should say. Yeah. But even that, I think people should realize that metatags, anybody can create a metatag that says anything and references anything to use in their own software. So if you created your own content management system, you could write that content management system to go look for a metatag that you made up. I could have a metatag that says metatag equivalent John is God equals true, right? And then if that's in there, my software knows to do something different, right? So it's only applicable for my software. So you can write a meta tag to do anything, and people do. There, there are hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of different meta tags for different content management systems and platforms. They don't doesn't mean they all work with the search engines, right? Well, that's, that explains why I never get any help when I say, God help me. <laughs> <laughs> See, you're right. <laughs> See, because on your site, the meta tag um, name John equals God is false. So <laughs> yes, <laughs> that's right. I'm you just switch it to true. Maybe you'd get some extra help. You know. <laughs> <laughs> oh dear. Okay. Uh, the last, or actually, you made a comment here too. What to say to a client? Yeah, so I actually had an interesting situation recently because we have a, we have a big template we use for um, audits that is the baseline for the audits. And one of the one of the members of my team did an audit or one of our clients, and basically everything was fine. And they didn't, and we've, we've retrained, but they didn't bring it to, to me or my SEO manager and say, hey, can, can you help me with this because we've got a perfect site. right? So they went on the audit call and walked them through the audit and basically um, say, yep, we looked at this and it's fine. And we looked at this and it's fine. And we looked at this and it's fine. And we looked at this and you're doing really well there. And just walk through the whole thing. And at the end of the call, the client's like, well, what did I pay for? You just told me my site's fine, right? And I just wanted to get your opinion, Ross. How do you deal with a situation like that? What do you do well, when you go through a site and things good? 
Well, oftentimes I, I actually preface any work I do with a client. If I go to a site that I see looks like it could be fine, but they want an audit done, I say, look, there's a chance. There's always a chance we won't find anything. It's, it's almost never happened. But it, if it happens, what you're paying for is reassurance that you're doing the right thing. And that is invaluable. You're getting it from an yeah. SEO expert. You know, it's someone who does this all the time that you are kicking butt. That is that's what that's worth money. I don't know. I don't know why who anyone yeah. would think otherwise. And so, so our situation, what we did, and unfortunately, there was someone. Not unfortunately, actually, I consider this a very fortunate incident because it helped me look at my practices and procedures and and adjust them a little bit. But in this particular situation, we had a client that also had somebody on their team that was fairly good at SEO. And they they pushed back and said, you know, I knew all this stuff. You guys didn't give me any value for my money, so I don't want to pay for it, right? Mm-hmm. Like, okay, well, wait a minute. They, I, I took a look at the site. We bought it to me, and we were fine. We were like, okay, you know, we understand that. We, we understand it, but I still, you know, just so we parted on good terms, I wanted to look at it, see if I can find anything just to help the guy out, right? Mm-hmm. And I dug into the site, found some pretty obscure stuff, um, things that, that like uh, – um, they were doing multiple languages, and so I said, you know, you should probably um, do multiple Webmaster Tools accounts and so you can set um, geo-targeting preferences for each of your languages, really kind of obscure stuff like that. I found a thing where they had one internal page that had 500,000 internal links to that page, but they only <laughs> have 400,000 pages indexed in Google. So I'm like, I'm looking at these things. I didn't, I couldn't have time to figure out why, but I said, I look at this kind of stuff and I see a big red flag that you probably have some technical issues going on with the back end of your site. So I went through and gave him a bunch of this stuff um, from that perspective. And it, it, by the way, much much better because we were able to dig in and find some stuff we didn't know. Um, but I was just curious when it goes right, what do you do? And and my policy change now is if we get an audit, do we go through our standard template and you know more than eighty percent of it is you know right on the money and good and there's nothing to adjust. It has to get bumped up to the next level of management. That take a look at so many you know my SEO manager or me, myself will look at it to see if we can find something more, a little bit more obscure for two reasons: one to help the client, and two to train the employee to look for this deeper stuff. Yeah, well, and the other thing too is I often try to add value by um, perhaps spending more time then on because I don't have to write up a lot of any, any instructions to fix anything. I spend more time on providing uh, tips and ideas on how to improve the site further or different marketing ideas based on what I see. You know, things that obviously add value. Uh, but no, it's it's been true. Like we've had instances where people have been a little bit miffed. They haven't found, we haven't found anything. Exceptionally rare. But in those cases, um, you know, I, I've always prefaced the account with, if we don't find anything, you're getting value because you're finding this out. But we'll also add this stuff anyway. We're going to give you some value. We just want you to know this. That's yeah. the best you can do. Another thing that came out of this this particular incident for me was I, I took a look at the way our audits were structured. And I'm thinking, well, we have this template. And it's a really pretty comprehensive template that covers a lot of stuff. But in this particular case, it didn't cover multi-language or international. And it made me think, well, if I start building modules for my audits, so if a site has multiple languages, I pull in this module for my audit to make sure I cover these items. If my site, if site is very focused on local search, maybe I pull in a module that's specific to local search type of audit items. And I'm thinking mm-hmm. about really redoing my entire audit process to be modular based on the types of you know, potential issues that we can find based on the site itself and the client's 
both those kinds of things. It might make it a little more um, resource intensive in the beginning to figure out, okay, which modules do we need to use for this particular client, but I think that'll get easier over time and it'll provide a better product for our clients overall long term. Yeah, no, I think modules are a great idea. Is this something you guys have as a um, uh, a system that just throws it together or you would just add this component to the document? Um, I'm building it as we speak, so I don't know the answer to that yet. <laughs> but, I mean, are you going to get programmers involved to make it something that you, you probably answer not questions? At first. No. Probably not at first, no. no. Yeah, so probably something be more like, you know, we, we have an audit template, and, and, and then we'll take pieces of a modular template and other documents, and then we'll kind of paste into the, the, mod, the audit template, at least in the beginning, until we really solidify what needs to be there and what doesn't. Yeah. The way we have it is we have a very, very large checklist, and based on the checklist, it creates uh, uh, sub-pages of the Excel sheet, or, or sub-sheets, I should say, that have the a table, a finalized table with the answers in them. And then we just so, copy so, and paste so, that and then fill everything up by hand. Yeah, and that makes a lot of sense, and that's a good way to track things. But how do you deliver – you don't deliver it to the client in a spreadsheet format, do you? How do you no, deliver it to no, a no. client? No, no. The spreadsheet's just used for the checklist, and it creates the tables. Tables are dropped into Word, and then we fill out the answers and explanations for each finding. Uh, yeah. And not within I've, a, I've, a table, but in actual written content. I've actually seriously been considering turning our audits into PowerPoint um, decks, so that it's much more visual and much easier for a client who's not as tech savvy as a lot of the ones we'd like or we'd hope they would be to be able to get through because people can do a PowerPoint deck and see each point on its own slide. It might be a little bit longer, but if we can automate the process, I think it would be better for clients in the long term. That's a good idea. It's something we can't really do to, if we're going to keep costs down for clients, but I think it's a, a pretty effective idea for a large company. Um, yeah. yeah you hear about costs? <laughs> Shush. <laughs> oh, don't rub it in. <laughs> well, uh, I guess that's the end of the show. Wow, that was that was good. It was fun. I got into some interesting stuff there. I think uh hope everyone enjoyed it. So on behalf of myself, Ross Dunn, CEO of Stepforth Web Marketing. Oh, you know what? Pause. I need to pause there. I need to mention that Marketing High is online. Marketinghigh.com is up. And Adam, 50 bucks a year, you get answers. You get access to questions and answers written by myself and Scott, my senior SEO. 50 bucks a year. They're cheap. Check it out. Love to have you in there. And uh, it's not always going to be that price. It's going to go up to 99 bucks at some point. We're just trying to figure out when we need to get some more answers in there. So at this point, you get some personalized support for just 50 bucks. There we go. And back to nice. it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm excited about it. I can't help it. All right. Thank you, everyone, <laughs> for joining us today. Remember, we're air every week, 2 p.m. Pacific, 5 p.m. Eastern on Mondays. And, uh, well, we hope you'll post some questions on our SEO community on Google+. And uh, we do interact there a lot and so a lot of, a lot of other people. So uh, come on and check it out. Have a great week. Hey, Ross, Ross, we also got a number of websites that people have been asking for reviews on, so maybe we need to do a website reviews show coming up pretty soon. So, yes. Uh, look, awesome. Put those there on Google Plus as well. Um, thanks for listening, everybody.
This has been a presentation of WebmasterRadio.fm, the world's largest business-to-business radio and podcast network. We welcome you to sample past episodes of this program, as well as our complete library of programs, on demand or on the air via our 24-7 live audio stream at www.webmasterradio.fm. The opinions expressed on this program are those of the guests and hosts and do not necessarily reflect those of WebmasterRadio.fm's management or sponsors. Any rebroadcast or redistribution without authorized consent of WebmasterRadio.fm is prohibited.